Thank you for coming. Amen. Okay, where's Dalia? She's here. Oh, Dalia here. Happy 50th birthday. Thank you. 50 years too? Coming home? Yeah. Yeah. That's a real birthday. That's a real birthday. For many more years here. With good health. And with Nachat, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, so the month of Shvat, we continue to learn the Ilya Nishmas, Shimon ben Moshe, Tzvi ben Mordechai, and Shira Rachma, Bas Rav Alter and Asenata, for the Zivug Daniela Chana, Bas Sarah Libby. And this week is sponsored, the whole week is sponsored, in honor of Dalia's 50th Aliyah anniversary, and in gratitude for all of Hashem's blessings for you, your family, and Am Yisrael here in Eretz Yisrael. By Avram and Miriam Deutsch, the Ilya Nishmas, Sarah Bad Moshe Vechayat, Miriam's grandmother, on her Yeratzain, and by Esther and Sholem Parnas, Leilinish Maspnina, Bas Yisrael Verifka, Yaakov Yisrael Ben Yisachar. Okay. So, on the pages you have in front of you, please, uh, on the Sefer and the pages, Kuf Chaf Dalid, on the pages, I think it's the second page. I'm going to do a quickly, again, a quick, brief recap from what we did last week, because we covered some very important ground last week. Very important ground last week. <laughs> We began understanding that this generation is a, I mean, the, one of the wonders of this generation is that it is truly searching for mashmaut, for meaning. It's like really, look, this generation's looking for meaning more than any generation that ever was. It doesn't mean that the like, previous generations were shallow. It, it, for whatever, whatever it is you see today, and we see this all over the world, but Bifrat and our in our tzibur, in our kahal, is that people are looking for meaning. People are looking for much more than just getting by. And chazal, and what people are really looking for, when we look beneath the surface of any, beneath anyone's statement, is that each person is really looking for a sense of feeling free to find their own meaning. Everyone is trying to find freedom. And we have a statement from chazal that we started learning last week that said, En lecha ben cholin, a statement that when we grew up without that being said in an Ashamadika way, that made us so angry and rebellious and couldn't tolerate it. Or maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. Meaning, the statement is the only person that's a Ben Chorin, only way you're a free person, is only if you study Torah. How does, how does that sound? But we know, when we have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, Rahmanis on whatever, and when we want, we want to go deeper and search deeper, we understand that Chazal is saying something that we have to spend our whole lives trying to understand, that the true meaning of, one that's free, of a person that's free, a Jewish person can only find it, can only really find it in the world of Torah. It can only find the world of Torah. Does someone mind lowering the, the I know, I'm not going to turn it off, don't worry, but just to lower the uh, fan on that, just to make it as low as possible? Just the fan. Is it on lowest? Thank you. Okay, it'll travel. It'll travel. Now, let's stay focused and let's go, now let's go deeper. Because today what we're going to be doing, we're going to be jumping around in here today because I want to cover a lot. But there's certain things that I definitely don't want to miss out on. 
people are always saying today, we'll get back to it in the context of how it has to do with learning Torah, but I think it's safe to say that everyone is very much in search of the real I, the me. Ha'ani ha'atzmi, the real me, who I really am, what I'm really about. Ha'ani ha'atzmi, the real me. Rav Kook is going to help us understand a little bit what that means, but I'm just letting you know that one of the svarim of Rav Sasson, which is really the sefer that he gave me when I met with him first time, and he said, this is the one that you, you should really be learning this, not instead of anything. He said, he, it was like from his library, he, like, he went and pulled down one that he really wanted. You know, I have was the book called Ayeka. Rav Weinberg has been teaching it for the last few months. And the book of Ayeka is a whole, basically, a whole world of answering the first question that man was ever asked, right? Ayeka, where are you? And what does it take to fi- what does it take to answer that question? What does it take to answer the question, Ayeka, where are you? So here we're just going to touch upon this a little bit, how to answer that question of do you really know who you are? All right? Do you really know who you are and what you're about? And what does that question even mean? What does that mean? Who you, who are you? <coughs> What's special about you? What makes you excited? What, 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 what are your midot? What does that question even mean? Who are you? So, can, can a slave answer that question? Can a free person answer that question? We usually, meet, we usually say, listen, a slave is someone that can't answer that question. But that's the definition we have to figure out right now. What does that mean? Who is a slave? And a free person. A free person can answer that question. They're free. They know who they really are. What's a free person? What, what constitutes the, the life, what's the mivneh of the life of a free person, nachon? So, look at the bottom of Kuf Chav Dalet. Yesh le'avin b'tzura amuka, ma'em ha'galut v'ashiabud, u'ma'en ha'geula v'achirut. If you want to understand what geula is, if you want to understand what slavery is, you could get very, you get lost very fast with, with certain terminology. Be'emet nitan lit'ot b'avanat ha'musagim ha'lalu u'letofsam b'ofen shitchi, which I think the world is definitely, while it was searching to understand these things, it seems that concepts such as freedom and exile have been mistaken. At kedekach, so much so, shem alulim lahafoch liot meshartim shel avdut, ubeshem achirut veachofesh lachnis et adam lebet kela amok yoter. It's so deep. He's saying sometimes when we use terminology that we don't understand what we're talking about. Things that we think are freedom can actually put people in deeper senses of jail than actually setting their souls free. Does that does that make sense? Not to me. Oh, thank you so much for being honest. Not to you because you don't understand the yeah, the I language. Oh, the, oh, good, good. No, okay, we're saying it. But we're gonna. Rav Cook is gonna explain this. amitit. What does this mean? What does real freedom mean? We find a really good definition of the word freedom in the words of Rav Kook. And this is what he writes. This is his parish on the Sidur. It's, I, I, when I looked inside, this is actually a parish of his for Leil Seder. When you go up to the Seder table, he's like, wait, wait, understand what you're approaching right now. I want you to understand what this night is really all about. As we know, Seder night could be the most enslaving night of the whole year when it's supposed to be the most liberating night of the whole year. So Rav Kook writes this, as you're about to approach, 
I guess it would have been better if he would have written this in like Rosh Chodesh Nisan, saying, listen, warning to all mothers, warning to all parents, warning to all children. This is what you're actually going to be striving towards. This is what it's about. Have this in mind every second that you prepare for Leila Seder. So it's just a few lines in Rav Kook. It's not, I'm warned, Bemet. It's not too difficult, okay? The difference between someone who is a slave and someone who's free it's not just a difference of status. That one person is enslaved to something, to someone, and one person isn't. That's not what real freedom is. We can find a very smart slave whose spirit is filled with freedom. What's a good um, example of person? Sharansky. Sharansky. Natan Sharansky is an amazing, amazing example for this statement. Natan Sharansky, who could have had every reason to feel enslaved. How many of you read the book Fear No Evil? It's a, it's a very important sefer. Very important sefer. In there you see how Natan Sharansky was plugged in I guess to what Victor Frank, Dr. Viktor Frankl was, was basically, everyone like, knows this Indian, of, you know, he's covered a lot of ground, but this concept of Dr. Frankl was very much in line with what Rav Kook is saying over here. How the Jew in Auschwitz, the Jew in Birkenau, the Jew in Majdanek, a, Jew, a Jew's concept of being enslaved, being a slave versus being free, the world can't understand this. It has to do with how he says over here, my spirit can be filled with freedom. <coughs> and you can have people that are totally free and they're the greatest slaves in the world. They're the greatest slaves in the world. I think another good example would be is that we have a device. It's just easy to relate to it. We have a device and it controls us. But we're free to do whatever we want to do with it. But it controls us. Hashem, you're out of it a little bit right now. But when, you're, when we're not out of it, it, can, it, it controls us. So we're free people that our spirit is enslaved. You understand? Then you have people that are mamish slaves that they're like, they have them, people that have dominion over them or whatnot. However, it doesn't really, really do anything to their spirit. They're free spirits. I was always very envious of free spirits. Those that, it seemed like naturally they were, they were free. They were just free people. It didn't matter what the circumstances of life brought to them. So if Cook points this out, just makes it very clear. But that's general speaking. Now he's going to get a bit more focus. So again, But here he says like this. This is the only piece that's a little bit hard in Hebrew. Tzivyon means character. Hacherut hatzivyonit, the freedom of character by a Jewish person, he ota haruach hanisa, is the elated spirit, shehaadam vechen haam bichlalo mitromem al yada. This is so beautiful. Of Cook says, the elated, the, the, the elated spirit of the real behind the, the character trait of a real Yid, is how do you know if you're free or not? 
if your spirit not only lifts you up, but if it lifts up all those that are around you as well. That's how you know if you're really, if in your character, your spirit has become free. It's not just that it's happening to you, but it's that all that are around you, they lift you up as well. We have, it lifts everyone up as well. We have a lot of different examples of this. You hear, you know, Shoshana could tell you 800,000 stories of people that in the get wherever you are, that there was a free spirit there that somehow was able to lift everyone else up by how? How, how were they able to do that? By being themselves. Not Dafka by running to each, around to each person and saying, hey, wake up, it's, all, it's much better than you, than, 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 than it looks like, because it's not. <laughs> what it looked like is horrible, and the Matzav really was horrible. However, this concept is like a person that has this spirit, this Luach Nis'ah, just by being them, that spirit is so contagious, and it lifts up everyone that's around them, no matter what's going on. Lom Shalei and what does it mean to lift up someone's spirit? What does it cause a person to do, Rav Kook says? Liyot ne'eman leha'atzmiyut ha'pnimit This is the key. To be loyal to your inner, true essence of who you really are. La'atchuna nafshit shel tselem elokim asher bekirbo. To be loyal to the concept of that elokut, that godly aspect that makes you who you are, to make you loyal to it, to make it clear to you, this is who you are, this is what you're all about. So I want to repeat this, uh, I would like to repeat it like 500 times, but this last piece is very, very, very crucial. How do you know if you're a real free spirit, if your spirit is free or not? How, do you, how does a person know that? So the first thing is, is that it doesn't matter what condition, what situation you find yourself in life. <coughs> the conditions of life don't dictate to you what you're supposed to be feeling. That's one. Bet is saying over here, people around you are become their lives, their world, their experience also rises up just by being in their presence. But what does it lead you to? Being loyal Ne'eman, being loyal to what makes you you. Now, this is a word we started speaking about last week, and that's called atzmi, atzmiut, who you really, really are. Liot ne'eman la'atzmiut shilcha. It's a very, very, very big, big concept. Most people are under the assumption that they already are loyal to their atzmi. But when you start to learn chassidus and you start learning primiya satura, you realize most of us have not even begun to get in touch with, with, with that which makes us, us, based on our godly molecule, based on the nefesh elokit that's within us. That's very threatening to people, and that's why we prefer, listen, azavoti mikola, pnimius, enough chasidus, enough rough cook, enough of this stuff. It's, I know, it's just going to miss, like, you know, it's just like, basically going into the shrink's chair and they're going to start to dissect me and show me I have so many more problems than I really do and they're making money, I feel guilty, but I feel good, then I feel bad, then I... But at a certain point in life, something's got to give. So at a certain point in life, there's a moment where I have to ask myself, with enough love, do I really know me? Do I really know the ani ha'atzmi? Because if I really did know the ani ha'atzmi and I was loyal to it, I would be a free spirit. 
I'd be a free spirit. And nothing could enslave me. Nothing could do anything to me. Heveomer, this means, now Rav Sasson is continuing a little bit, Hachirut hi ha-matzav bo ha-adam ne'emanu le'atzmiyut ha-pnimit shebo, le'neshama ha-elokit shebo, that you're loyal to that godly spark within you, to the real inside you, and from there, and it's not just enough that I know that it's there, I will be able to bring it out into fruition. That will be the me that shows up in the world. If I'm really loyal to me, that will eventually, if I'm really free, there's another indicator that my spirit is really free, that I'm a free person, that'll be the person that I'll be looking at in the mirror. That'll be the person that you get to know when you get to know me. That'll be me. Can you imagine? If 20% of the people that we were around that knew us, knew the real us, and would actually enjoy being around us, so most of us have this inion of like, if they really knew the real me, it'd be a bad matzah. Right? They wouldn't want to be around me. But wouldn't you rather them be, want to be around you and not an image or, a, or some kind of a cheap replica of you? Yeah, wouldn't that be? You want to be around you. Well, it starts with that. But he says here, if you really discover the real you, it's a, it's a given that you'd want to be around you. You hear? This is very important. Of course it starts with, well, I wouldn't want to be around me. Why would they want to be around me? Because the aniha atzmi, that place, that being loyal to that thing, means Hashem, this was your creation. I'm loyal to the way that you created me. Okay. Now, I'm jumping back. Well, just going to finish this. All this will happen. I will come out to be the real me. I will show up in all of my form without anyone forcing me and telling me this is what I have to do. This is what I don't have to do. I have to hide there. I have to run there. Without any of those things, it'll actually be something so natural. Mazik to what we're speaking about in this year. It's a nice, beautiful Torah from Rav Kook. It's beautiful. You could probably plug in what we just said now in any type of shear, on any parsha, in any holiday, in any topic in the world. But what does this have to do with us? If Cook is basically telling us, he's not saying it over here, but he says it in many other places, is that if you really listen to the cry of the generation, what they're crying for is saying, can you please send me a Rebbe or a teacher that could show me how to get in touch with me. That's all the request. That's the whole request. Do you have someone that can talk this language, that can show me how to talk like this? How to live like this? Because I'm reaching a place in my life that I'm just so sick of being, even if it's a holy imitation, it's still an imitation of something else. And the scream and the cry of the... What does it mean to be a generation of Geula? Everyone's so big on that. Dora Geula. We're the generation of Geula. And what are you, what's usually the reasoning behind it? That we say we're a generation of Geula. What's the reasoning behind it? What's the logic behind it? What's that? Keilu. We're free. I said someone came, a big Rav, last week told me, he already told his wife, that unless he feels that we are really atzma'im, that we're really independent. This Yom Atzma'ut, this year, he's taking a break. Uh, someone that, 
I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not going to say I know that like the, the, that's, that's a trigger for many people. It's okay. Deal with it. It's fine. It's good. It's good stuff to work through. But that's a person talking about Yom Ha'atzma'ut. What about a person saying, unless I figure out my Ani Atzmi, I'm not going to, I will not continue just pretending anymore. Can you imagine that? Big concepts. What's that? Right, so what does that mean, Nachon? What does that mean? So what, 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 else, what else could they be in this world, a person like that? When it comes to Yom Ha'atzma'ut, I understand. It's one day said, they'll say, you're not going to do that. But when it comes to like every day of life, and a person saying, until I discover what it means to be me, what it means to be loyal to my true character that's, that's created in the image of Hashem, then I can't continue faking it anymore. And that's your question. What does that mean? You fit? Mm-hmm. Who, wants to, who wants to give it a shot? That's all conditional, what you're saying. It may be true, but that's nothing to do with the aniha atzmi that he's speaking about is not changed by anything that can happen in the world. <coughs> it's a... What's that? Trigger. That's a trigger. But the fa- what we're speaking about is something atzmi, which means, like, not to sound too shallow, this, it is what it is. This is like, this is what makes you you regardless of what anything is happening outside of you. That's Atzmi. Self with a capital S. Mm. <laughs> As opposed to... Yeah, like your real self. The real, yeah. Yeah. Rav the beautiful book he has on tshuva, just the title makes me feel better. Reclaiming the Self. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the, of, the, of the book. Reclaiming the Self. So... This door is basically, at a certain point, it said, unless you could find me people and rabbis that are going to speak to me now about what it means to actually be myself and loyal and real to my soul, I'm going to find my excitement in communism and in socialism and in Marxism and in Zionism. <coughs> but I'm not going to find it in the, in the statement of Chazal that says, So we know what it looks like when it's not addressed. What does it look like when it is addressed is what we're, tr- what we're hopefully trying to tap into. What, what I'm trying to tell you all, and Sarah brought up you know, the, the obvious question is, so what does that Lamaisa look like? We have to first be open to the notion that perhaps we don't really understand what it means to be us, what it means to be Am Yisrael, what it means to have Eretz Yisrael. Are you okay with that? I think that if you weren't, you wouldn't come back to this, to this shiur because we keep on challenging it over here. And that's fine and that's good and it's the only way that I can feel ne'eman, feel real. But can we say, can we, can we finally just say, like Beresh Gale, openly, that even though we're doing all the right things, halachically, hopefully, we have, not, we have not begun to truly address what it means to do the right things that have to do with our neshamas, which is really what this door is longing for? And that, that's why there's so much brokenness within what's called an Orthodox community. Because it's not matching up, it's not adding, it's not reaching what the soul is really crying out to do. 
doesn't really add up. There's some, there's some kind of disconnect at a certain point. The problem we have with that statement is that, so what does that say about my adherence to the, to the halacha? Should I, should I tone it down? Should I neglect it? So chas v'shalom a million times over, and I'll keep on repeating that over and over and over again. But the goal is not that there should be a certain chaver, they're more into spirituality and the soul, and the rest is more intellectual. No. The goal, in Tzbereish Gale, is to conquer all of Ephrat, is to conquer all of Eretz Yisrael with neshama, with pnimius, everywhere. There's no hiding it. It's very, it's, to me, it's a very clear mission. It's not just about, you know, that it's okay, there's a certain chever, they're more into soul talk. It's the, it's the talk of the whole door. That's what the whole generation wants right now. If you could be, if it's clear to you, that when someone is screaming something and they look passionate and their words are triggering to you because it doesn't seem that it adds up with your morals and your ethics and what makes sense to you, but if you could learn how to listen from a place of atzmi, from in here, you will hear something else behind words that cause you to have a little bit of a sense of feeling threatened. And then nothing's threatening to you. Nothing. Because you're ne'eman, you're loyal to what makes you, you. And nothing that anyone says makes you feel threatened by anything. But this is the avoda of building up towards atzmi, to first of all acknowledging this is what this door is all about. This door cannot compromise on anything less than people that are talking to them the language of their soul, even if they themselves are not saying it in those words. But when you're in touch with your own soul, that's the only way that you can understand what anyone is saying. What anyone is saying. Because when you're trying to understand people are saying based on the intellect, two things happen. One, you either don't understand, or bet, you don't agree necessarily, and then it causes friction within the am. But if it's all based on soul talk and soul relationships, how could there be friction? How could there, it's all trying to, it's all a clear path towards the same place. But again, this is in order to be ne'eman la'atzmi. Yeah. Question. Yeah. It seems to me like we're like vacillating between talking about the nation and talking about the individual. Like we're sort of like floating back and forth between talking about these two groups. On the one hand, when you talk about not knowing the self, and I look at the nation, I'm like, yeah. Like that's clearly the thing that we're dealing with right now. And when I look at the individual, I'm like, I'm looking around at all these people that I'm sitting with, and like I look even at myself, and I'm like, okay. You know, fair. Like, I'm not with the Atsmi a lot. But, like, I would not say that I've never encountered Atsmi. Like, I try. I think a lot of us here have, like, met Atsmi. And we're, like, sometimes at Atsmi, like, for a couple seconds. And then we come away from it, or for a couple minutes. And then we, and that's, like, the nature of human experience is, like, always falling off the Atsmi and trying to get back on. I don't know. I, I just have a question. Like, are we talking about like the the national encounter with Atsmi, or are we talking about the personal, or are we talking about both? Both. Because the world, first of all, the, our world is bigger than this room. Our our lives are bigger than what happens here in this year. So of course, but definitely both. And all we're trying to do is is have enough moments of dropping pins of oh, here I am. This is the atzmi, and enough pins that I drop, enough dots that I make throughout the consciousness of my day, I'll have enough to eventually draw a line through all of them and right. say, this is actually me. It's like, me. how atzmi is atzmi? Because, like, we'll never get to... Uh, uh, careful. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> unless you, you become, like, get to all the way to the end of awesome and become, like, a total sodic, then you're, like, rarely going to meet the person who's, like, ah, ah, so that, that's, so that's a, that's a Litvisha understanding of Atzmi. Oh, okay. I'll explain to you, I'll explain to you. It's very good what you're saying. Okay. A Litvisha, a understanding of Atzmi means you're always in a state of tzadik. Zatomeret, you can't do anything wrong. It's not true. Atzmi does not mean that you're a saint. It means you're living with awareness and consciousness, though. And you could still fall in a state of awareness and consciousness, but you don't get confused that that becomes you. That is the deepest, most important thing to remember right now. You could still fall because you're human, but you don't identify with your falling. That, was, that is a very important yesod of the Baal Shem Tov. You do not identify with that place of falling. The non-pneumious version of that is... Mechila, I, 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 it's good. I'm just saying this. The, no, no, no. It's exactly what we said right now. Like, the way, the way that it was brought up. And that's very, very important. Now, that's why... What, what are we talking about? Identity. That's what we started speaking about last week. And that, that he said that the real question of this door is what is our real identity? If you're going to answer that question not from Pneumius, it's going to be another 75 years. Chas v'shalom. Yeah, Leah. Right. Well, are you like, for instance, this is going to be an easy one. Are you a responsible parent? <laughs> it actually, no, no, no. It's an easy one. No, 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 no. Not sometimes. Meaning, is your identity being someone that's a responsible parent? Yes. yes. You know what I saw your kid doing Friday night in show? No. <laughs> Me neither, but I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> what, I, what I'm trying to show is that the Jenny, I see you. Don't worry. The identity of, <laughs> the identity of claiming you're a responsible parent or not based on an action of a kid, right, is the Yitzhahara trying to mamash, like, rip into you. When you remove the layers of your identity and you start to ask the real questions of Maha'atzmishadi, it's if you're ne'eman, if you're loyal to that which you discover, which is guaranteed to be beautiful and holy, because you're a Bas Melech, and Malasut, you're a Yid, then all those other things are not, they don't, they won't confuse your identity. There's a lot more on this, and he's picking up from where you just said. Jenny. Okay. Just, just louder. Anyone that's in the back, I just... This year, possibly, but Lakute Maran talks about, because you mentioned the Sadiq, and it talks about how everything is supposed to go through a Sadiq of our generation. And everything is, and that's how you do your character refinement and find out your Atmi. So you did mention it briefly. Is, is that something we're supposed to be doing or are, is our own sadik like just 
learning Torah and places like this, or just knowing yourself, like that whole concept is not... Uh, I think the question is, is the way to know oneself only by his kashos tzaddik, connecting through a tzaddik? Is that what you're kind of saying? I mean, you, you, you mentioned it briefly, that we need someone like that, and I learned something in the Shabbos, that that's the only way to right. So I'm wondering what your... Right, no, no, so it's, it's a, this year is a completely different mahalach of that. Even though I'm not, I'm the last one to ever say that's not shayach, but for trying to develop what we've been developing in here, it's not the same, okay. the same, yeah. I don't know if this makes sense to this year also, but yeah. I feel like people really appreciate <coughs> to Israel how authentic Israelis are, or the culture. Of the <laughs> but then you said, you said appreciate? I, <laughs> right. I do, I really yeah. do. It's incredibly shayach to this year, what you just said right now. It's like so spot on, but you have to have some patience to see how spot on that really is, because what you're bringing up is called chomer, chomer gelem. How do you say chomer gelem? It's raw material. It's raw material that is part of the culmination of the generation of Geula, but it's still raw. It's not refined yet, as opposed to customer service in America. <laughs> now, that's the biggest sitra achra there is, because it makes you feel this is all you really need to make it in life when that person answers the phone. <laughs> However, there's not, there's, that, that's actually no material you could work with that because it's completely fake. Yeah. It's, it, could be, it's not, it could be we're not even sure if we're talking to people anymore when we call, if you call. It, mamash. But, the, but the, that, that, that authenticity that you're speaking of, so it's a, it's a big matana that Hashem gave you that you appreciate it. Not everyone appreciates it, that raw authenticity. No, no, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's not a given that everyone feels that. But it's raw material to work with towards a bigger goal, which we're going which, which to see how that is, fits in exactly with the time that we're in. That, that, that's what's needed. Okay? Now... Turn the page, please, on Kuv Chavav. And we're just going to do a little bit of this today. Which is, again, the question of identity is the Shoresh Habirur Bedoreinu. This question of who we really are, what is our Atzmi? What is our Atzmi? Is the Shoresh of Birur Bedoreinu, meaning that's the root of clarification, of figuring out what is going on in our generation, what is this generation all about. I'm going to read through a little bit, it's not such complicated Hebrew, and I'll try to just translate outside. You can see people. Usually they're sitting in, in TV, Tachanot, in Ulpanim, in the studios and TV. And you see how passionately they are fighting for freedom of religion. Because to them, 
That is the holiest cause they could fight for. Because to them, what does religion mean? Strength. Yeah. yeah, either force or strength, but definitely not freedom. Definitely not freedom. And here you have people, Israeli, you know, Jews that are Israelis, like it happened recently with the tefillin stand in front of the high school in Tel Aviv, where a guy got up, he was so angry, he was so angry at the fact that he felt like his students were being coerced to put on tefillin outside of school, right? Now, is there emet in what he, in, in, in what he was, this is going to sound crazy, is there emet in what that principle was yeah. Well, no one was forcing anyone, but he felt like it was being forced. Now, why? Because I guarantee you that that person never, ever tasted the freedom, the, the sense of freedom and chirut that the world of Torah is supposed to give you. There's no way. Can't be. Yesh le'avin she'shorish ha'biru e'na e'no ba'she'ela im ha'chofish u'davar chiyuvi u'lo. We're not wondering is... Is freedom a good thing or a bad thing? Sometimes we like to, to, to say this is the picture. What is it? Those that are faithful to Torah and mitzvahs revoke a person's freedom. And those that want freedom are against Torah and mitzvahs. He's saying that is looking at this question of zehut from the outside, not from the inside. There's a deeper clarification, and that's a bad word. That's not, not a bad word, it's a bad translation, because a birur literally means sifting through something till you get the nekuda of emet, like hilchot borer on Shabbos. The halachas of borer means you're sifting through something. The real birur is something deeper. And he's saying here, you're all waiting for clear answers and it's impossible because we're dealing with something very complicated. This concept of freedom and religion and mitzvahs, this is a very complicated matter. It's not going to be an easy thing to say, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. Because it's so deep. Because the closer you are to something that's so deep, the harder and more confusing it gets. This sifting through to trying to get to the answer of this is not freedom versus slavery. The question is much deeper. Who, who, who is man? What is his identity and what is his real essence? Only after answering these questions of what is man really all about, what is their essence, what is their identity, can we then figure out what are we trying to extract and take out of here to show up on the main stage. Do you understand what he did over here? What he's saying over here is everyone's trying to define something. What does this mean? What is freedom? What is slavery? That's not the answer. That's not the way to answer the real question when it talks about Mashiach. The way to answer the real question of uh, in, to the, the question of what is slavery and what is freedom starts with who is man? What is man really all about? What is the essence of a person and what is the identity of a Jew? 
when you, when you first address that, and then you take that into the questions of freedom and slavery, then you have something to work with. But just from the outside saying, this is what slavery means, this is what freedom means, you won't get anywhere. Because look, 100 years ago, 120 years ago, if you ask most of the world, and you'd say, tell me, do you think, you see all the revolutions that are taking place right now, do you feel like the world is, the world is on its way to freedom, to real freedom? What would most of the world tell you? Yes. yes. How many people were killed in the name of that freedom that was coming out in the world? Millions. How many? Tens of millions. So we see that if we're going to try to define freedom and slavery in any way, shape, or form that's similar to the way that it was coming about into the world with the French Revolution, all the different revolutions, 100 and 120 years ago, we're going to go back to a, a khurban. We're going to go back to a complete destruction. Therefore, this shir is learning a new language. This whole shir, this whole, this whole series is all about accepting that we have to learn a new language of how we address the most important questions. We have to address it based on the neshama. We have to address it based on the soul. If we started from scratch in a shul, and we said we're not, we're starting from scratch here, and we'd say like this, what is, and we started asking questions based on what, you can join the shul if you can answer the following question. What is the point of coming to a shul? Can you imagine that? What is the, what is the reason why you're coming to a synagogue? And you'd just be forced to think a little bit. You'd be shocked as to what you would come to and what your demands would be and your expectations of what this place will provide for you. But since Shul already has a definition of this is the place you dive in, you act like this, you don't act like this. So even in as, as great as it is here, even here, it doesn't matter, we're still sifting our way through this birur of what is man, what is our identity? What is the whole thing? Listen, it's easy to knock the whole thing down. And start from scratch. That's easy. But we're and it's easy to do that with the Medina as well. Knock it all down, start from scratch. But we have to appreciate the fact that we already have vessels through which we could do this, this work. Yeah? Why isn't our purpose and who we are inherently linked? I didn't hear you, I'm sorry? Why isn't our purpose, what we're meant to be doing, and who we are inherently linked? If we're trying to find who we are, like, wouldn't we look at it? They are inherently linked. The, the question is, are, are we in tune with it? That of course they're inherently linked. The only thing is, I could be working on something for so long, thinking it's my purpose, without ever asking myself, am I a slave to the definition that I made for myself a while ago, or am I open to sing, maybe this isn't my purpose? Even if it's something good that I was involved with. Having enough guts to say, maybe this isn't exactly what I thought I was supposed to be doing in this world. You're open for, I mean, we have to be open for that, nachon. Has anyone had, like, people like to call this career change or midlife crisis, right? But really, it, it can happen at any given moment if we just start to learn a different language of how we understand freedom and slavery and what Hashem wants from us in this world. You have to realize, Hashem wants us to be us. No, no, Hashem wants you to do mit, like, in our mind, the education we have is Hashem wants you to do mitzvahs and do, okay, but, What's the purpose of why Hashem wants you to do mitzvahs and all those things? Do you believe in a God that wants you to feel like a slave? Or do you, do you believe in a God that prepared for us the most inc incredible uh, menu? But that's not really what I you know what I mean. The most incredible menu that's saying, 
if you taste this and then put that here, and it follows, and it's also instructions, <clears throat> like a cookbook, and if you do this and if you do that, that dish you're going to get at the, at the end is going to be the tastiest thing in the world. But we don't usually view halacha and mitzvahs like that because we're not thinking of it with the soul. We're just thinking of it with the, with the mind. Yeah. But, but Hashem says <coughs> in Egypt, and He said to the Yavduni. So where does that come from? You hear, did you hear what she said? It's a, a great question again that's so shy after this. Do you, know what, do you know what the difference is? Is that when I look at it, when I listen to that word Yavduni from the outside, what does that trigger in me? Slavery. Slavery. When really, God said that word in the context of Freedom. So why? So what's your question? It's hard to understand the <laughs> in the context of freedom. Nachon me'od. Correct. A hundred percent. That's what we're busy doing here. You're you're so spot on. It's exactly what you just said. It's very hard to understand in this world the word ya'avduni in the context of freedom. But the soul, it's very hard to understand the, con- the word Yavduni in the context of slavery. <laughs> Did you hear? The soul hears the word Yavduni and has no idea how that means anything that has to do with slavery. For the, for the soul, that's the only freedom it knows in this world. For the body, Yavduni is slavery. This is exactly, exactly on par. Everyone here is raising very, very shayach nekudot to this mahalach. And that's why we have to go back to basic, basic questions again to start from scratch on a certain level. And I know that's hard for some of us, I didn't say you, some of us, because we're trained to feel that if we're learning and growing, it has to do with covering chomer and accomplishments and getting answers. <clears throat> But there are no shortcuts when it comes to the neshama because each stage is a whole new world. It's a different way of processing, of learning, and of understanding everything. Um, just look at the look at the bottom paragraph here. Zoya nikuda muka vuhu biru murkav veamok shedoresh limud gadol. This nikuda we're speaking about is a very complicated and deep concept, which demands a tremendous big amount of learning. Maze Am Yisrael. I think I know it because I feel passionate when I say Am Yisrael Chai. But do I ever stop and think about what is Am Yisrael? Mai Nishmat Am Yisrael. What is the soul of Am Yisrael? Mai Yakdusha. What is holiness? Umai and Hamitzvot. Kechol shadvarim ha'ele yitbareru be'omek da'at u'beirut. The more that we clarify these things carefully, kach yuvan she'en kan klal vikuach b'she'elat erko shelachofesh. No one is saying, no one has any questions regarding the value of freedom. That's not what we're trying to say. Ela b'she'ela miu ha'adam. But to really answer, who is man, what is man, she'lefi zeh yikaba le'elu arachim u'mavayim yiten chofesh u'dvor, when we're really addressing the question, who is man? And based on that, we try to align our values and our atzons. That will give real freedom. Sometimes we, our concept of freedom is not really freedom that's meant to be for us. 
it's much more freedom that is much more shayach sometimes to animals. But if I understand what human being is and what a Jew is, then my definition of chofesh will change. It'll be a chofesh that's shayach to a person that's created with Tzadam Elohim. So it's a different, it's a different language. Yeah, Sarah. I'm just so sorry that I keep on saying this, but I, I maybe my hearing, because all the years of the music... No, I'm serious. It could be, because I'm always with blasting monitors. I just, if you're... This is it. Anyone that doesn't sit at the table, you're you're penalized by... You have to speak louder. So, en my last He's not saying that you're wrong. Chas v'shalom. He's not, he's not questioning that uh, what you're feeling is not it. It just means the feeling enough is not alone. It's not enough. Feeling enough is, is it, feeling alone is not enough. We need more than just those moments of feeling to illustrate a, bit, a clearer picture. I'm sorry? Uh, and more, which we're going to discuss. Exactly. Listen, with feelings alone, look how much we've had in 75 years. How many feelings? Like we, You would think these questions would be clear by now. And look at the state of identity in the state of Israel about regarding who's a Jew and what's Judaism. So clearly, feelings on its own are not enough to answer the real question of what our identity really is. Because that person screaming in the, in the studio about tefillin, He's just as passionate about being part of Am Yisrael like I am. Isn't that crazy? That person that's screaming about how dare a Chabad Shliach or whoever it was that's standing outside of the, the, the non-religious high school is, put, is offering tefillin to kids. He's just, he is bemet. I'm not, I'm not like trying to, I'm not doing a game here. He's just as passionate as being part of Am Yisrael that I am. How could that be? How could that be that we're... Because it's... Right? Can anyone explain that? Because he's fighting for his understanding of freedom. Exactly. Exactly. And to him, that's the holiest war there is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Holiest. You know, when the judicial reform was was really the topic of of conversation, which seems like, you know, such an ancient chunk of our history, I saw one interview with a restaurant owner somewhere in Tel Aviv and it was amazing to me he said to me you guys he said you 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 guys don't don't understand you you religious people that adhere to a enslaved society it's like you don't understand democracy is what you guys call Kodesh Kodashim we're not giving up on this for for life depends on it it's like you don't understand that's that's what democracy is like our Am Yisrael basically he was saying Right? So if, if feeling, again, and is he feeling, is he passionate? Alavai, mm. most from Jews that I know were as passionate about their Yiddishkeit, that the Chevron, the judicial reform were passion, are passionate about that being so vital for their life. The thing is, we have, to, we have to, we see that we need to answer these questions 
And don't worry, the way you look at these questions through Pneumia Satora are not threatening to anybody. It doesn't exclude anybody that's not part of the Machan, that's not in the Machan, everyone. Everyone's part of it. We're going to be going to a very simple, at the end of all this, it's a very simple truth. Very simple truth that anyone, everyone finds place in it. But it's very clear when we, when we, when we describe it like that, is that you have people, there are people, there are people, there are people that are high up in the army. High up in the army. Their passion about fighting for Am Yisrael is fire. It's real. And it has nothing to do with the pnimius of the zehut of Am Yisrael. It does? Yes. It might? Yeah. Oh, beseder. No, no, no. Beseder, beseder. But... Uh, but so that, that's of course, but what I'm saying is on the surface, what it looks like is that what they're doing, right, is in order to create a country that doesn't need God. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to hear it, I know, it's okay. I don't think that's what we see. I'm sorry? I don't think that's what we see right now. No, 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 no not now, Baruch Hashem, because now everyone's Yiddish and Hashemahs are, are, are being exposed, but then once in a while and people are not getting the spotlight, so they'll come into an ulpan. I'm talking about people that were almost the Ramat Kalim. And I'm talking about re-educating the Hesder boys. And everyone knows what I'm talking about. These are, these are pieces of poison within the Am that simply were never exposed to the Pneumius of Torah. Now that's true about also most religious people as well, not just non-religious people. It's true across the border. But it's what we're saying here, we need a zehut. We need an identity. Without an identity, we'll continue to crash, you know, plunge forward into crashing more and more and more and more. And the point of this is that through answering these questions on the inside, everyone will eventually, like this, we had a whole milchama on this in Shir last week with the man, with the man this man. Avram Fried's words is true. Like no Jew will, it's the Rebbe's words. No, no Jew will be left behind. Because if we're all part of the same nation, then we're all part of the same identity. And in the emiss of our identity, if we're loyal to our identity, the way we end up, we'll end up fighting for the land or for the country will be so much more pnimi, will be so much more real on the inside than it is, than it looks like on the surface. And how beautiful will that day when all of us that are working hard on, on why we're here, it'll be like a joint mutual, like, kavana. Can you imagine if everyone was, not just when we're after October 7th we do that, but just that's the, by default that's who we are. But that's a matter of identity. That's a matter of zehut, which we so need to provide for, I don't know about the, the last generation, but definitely for the next generation, we need this identity. And I have to believe so much that Hashem knew what He was doing when He created each Jew the way He created them, Place within them an eshamay elokit, an nefesh elokit, mitbatel to that when I look at them, and work from there. Because I don't believe that that person that was so against Jewish kids putting on tefillin is really kashur to his own neshama. There's no way that you could get angry and scream at Jewish children wanting to put on tefillin if you're neeman to your neshama. There's no way that you could speak the way you speak about a whole generation of Hezder boys and tell them that the army needs to re-educate them if you're kashur to your own neshama.
that, I'm, I'm very comfortable saying that that's, just like I have toxics and poisons in my body, I need to rid in order to get healthy. That's a toxic and a poison within a person that not that the person needs to get removed, but that identity needs to get removed. So far, so good? Everyone's happy they came today? <laughs> Again, these are, these are Berurim Murkavim. These are very, very complicated Berurim that demand of us to go much deeper. Much, much deeper than whatever we were used to until now in order to answer the simple question, why are we working so hard on trying to be part of Am Yisrael? Why are we working so hard on trying to build this country? And Bezrat Hashem, what we'll have, the more we address these questions from the inside, we'll also be able to answer the real want of a man to be free in this world if I'm going from the inside out and not from the outside in. Yeah, Ruth. So, so the freedom we Everyone will be loyal to the same thing. Everyone will be loyal. Ne'eman, that's what he said before in the words of Rav Kook. Everyone will end up being loyal to ne'eman le'atzmiyutam. They'll be ne'eman to that place of atzmi that's within them. What is that? What's the difference between loyal and I think that loyalty is, is more like... Um, Yeah, yeah, it forces you to, to... Belief is... It's, it's amazing that belief is a little bit abstract, yeah. Ne'eman, ne'emanut, is almost like it, 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 it demands of you something in that moment. Belief is like, oh, I believe, yeah. It's a, it's a bit more of a floating, and it's outside. It's a little bit like a non-demanding word. It's aligning, but, I think. It's aligning your body and soul together. What, you, what is? Ne'eman? Ne'eman, yeah. It's aligning what your, what your higher self, your soul... Yeah. Yeah. It's then you're loyal to what you, your spiritual essence and bringing into the world, and then it's, it's aligned to that. That's what happens when your emunah is challenged. Right, like, right. When belief is challenged, it's loyalty. Nachon, mm-hmm. nachon. Because if I, if I don't have loyalty, then my emunah is challenged, it's like, okay, it's time to change my emunah. It doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not, I don't have to adhere to it. I don't have to be ne'eman to it because it changed. Nachon. The Kotzker Rebbe once said that the greatest mile a person could reach is to be called the person that's ne'eman. And Kotzker is always about, you know, what it boils down to. The Kotzker Rebbe said, he said this in Parshas Korach, which is interesting about ne'emanut. He kind of lost his loyalty to the way that Hashem set up the whole matzav of Mishpachat Am Yisrael. And the Kotzker Rebbe says there, a person has to make sure they're always ne'eman. Ne'eman. It's a, it's a, it's a very big, uh, beautiful word. Okay, we should be privileged to be ne'eman to ourselves. We should be privileged to have patience. And next week we're going to see, Bezrat Hashem, how by looking at the beginning of the way that Hashem began to speak about freedom, learning it again, the parashiyas that we're in right now, learning it again with this vision, will give us a bit of a, a better understanding of how, how does a person become kashur to their atzmi, and how do you become ne'eman to that which you discover? And it should be a week where we only know good news, see the good, and bamash believe that the more that we, each step of being more ne'eman to our atzmi, everyone becomes, just everyone's lifted up without you even trying to do anything. Just by you being you, everyone gets lifted up. 
Just like that. Okay. Shavuot, everyone.